This episode of the Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by WorldwideGolfShops.com. You know, we got a lot of uh, important dates coming up in the uh, golf season, the first of which, of course, being Father's Day. And one of the best things you can do is go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com today to pick something out for your dad that golfs, even if he doesn't golf. He's, they, they got everything over there. They got apparel, accessories, equipment, everything you can possibly need. And I'm sure dad's got his eye on something. So go out there, WorldwideGolfShops.com today. We are also brought to you by our friends over at Cleveland, Srixon, Zegzio, and Asics Golf. Uh, golf game's looking a little better now, folks. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it here, but uh, luckily I've got the best equipment in the game. And uh, the ZX series, irons, fairway woods, hybrids, drivers, all of it's great. I continue to play them. I continue to shoot better scores now that I've got my stupid swing figured out. And it definitely helps when you've got the best equipment. So go out to Cleveland, Srixon, Zegzio, and Asics Golf today. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, and I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. Follow me on social media at Golf Unfiltered. And you can send me an email, adam at golfandfilter.com. We are the proud sponsor of our friends over at Chicago Golf Tour. We are about midway through the season. Uh, we are, at least at the time of this recording, I am, uh, it's Memorial Day. So I'm out on a golf course and I'm playing in the Chicago Golf uh, Tour Southside Tours PGA Championship. Uh, hopefully, I'm assuming that, you know, the weather's nice and I'm uh, actually able to go out and do that. And uh, I got to tell you, it is a fun thing to get involved in. And if you uh, missed out this year, be sure to keep your eyes peeled for next year because it's just it's a great way to meet more people. It's a great way to to play against uh, others that you normally wouldn't play against and even see different players of different abilities. And that's that's what I like the most about it. So uh, Chicago Golf Tour or Shy Golf Tour rather dot com is where you want to go to find out a little bit more. So uh, before we get into today's discussion, we're going to cover a couple topics that are timely in uh, the golf world, and I think you all know where I'm going with this. Uh, But before we get there, go out to secondcitygolf.com as well. You guys know that's the collective that I uh, participate in with my buddy Bill Bush over at drivingrangeheroes.com and Chris McEwen. You know him of uh, the Golf Origin Stories podcast as well as uh, That Range Life. It is a YouTube show that he co-hosts with Bill over at his YouTube channel. Uh, among many other things, he's just a video-making freak. He likes to make all sorts of videos. So, a couple things we're going to talk about today. Obviously, we're a few weeks now removed from the historic win um, by Phil Mickelson over at the PGA Championship. That was just so much fun to watch. And uh, just really quickly on that topic, um, I was playing golf that Sunday afternoon uh, of the final round. And... You know, I went back and forth in my mind because I knew I wanted to get back on the on the course to uh, to try out a few things with my swing. You guys know I've been struggling a f- little bit lately. I'm happy to report that I finally got something figured out, and hopefully, I can continue this this hot streak a little bit. But it was a completely different dynamic to play golf. I had never done this before. Shockingly, in over 25 years playing a game, I had never done this thing. Uh, playing golf. In the middle of the final round of a major, you know, and I'm sitting there and I've got it on my phone 
my buddy and I are sitting there, we're trying to play golf ourselves, you know, really not paying too close attention to like the first, you know, the front nine of the final group. But then when things started getting a little tight there towards the end of the round, and especially when we got to see, you know, 17, 18, all the, the, the mayhem that was taking uh, place uh, around Phil, that was really cool because, and and no joke, we were out, we were out at Cog Hill, of course, and every cart that we drove by either had the broadcast, you know, audio on, or they had, you know, like YouTube TV or whatever on their smart device. And everyone was watching while playing golf, you know, and that was just an interesting dynamic because, again, I hadn't done that before, you know, and it, it just kind of, I don't know, it kind of, not to get philosophical on you guys, but it, it kind of was a little touching because it's like, oh, wow, you know, we're out here enjoying this game, having a great time watching one of the all-time greats make history at the same moment. You know, it's almost kind of like, hey, we got this, this I don't know, maybe this is a little too much, but we got the kind of like this kinship where it's like, wow, we're all enjoying the same thing at the same time in completely different contexts, but at the end of the day, finding that that level ground, you know, and I just think that's something, there's something cool about that. All right, now now we got to get into what everyone's been talking about for at least the last week, and that's the Brooks and Bryson saga. And if you follow me on Twitter, you may have seen that I hosted a, a Twitter space, which is basically a audio conversation that anyone can get involved in uh, to take part in uh, whatever topic you're talking about. And we, we talked about this a little bit, and yeah, I mean, I think that this was one of those things um, that kind of died down within 48 hours, which most things in news cycles these days do. Uh, but at the moment when it happened, and admittedly, I was probably, you know, I probably saw the video 30 minutes uh, after it had originally been posted. It was, without a doubt, one of the most entertaining exchanges can you call it an exchange I, I don't know but it was just one of the most entertaining videos so to speak that I had seen in golf media in quite some time now I don't know what that says about me and I don't know what that says about the current state of how things happen but holy cow this was a video that was raw it was uh, from everything that we can tell completely organic obviously it was a leaked video and Completely unexpected, which obviously that's what leaked videos typically tend to be. And what I loved the most about this, and and just for the record, I know that this makes a lot of people look bad. I have no idea what happened to the Golf Channel employee who undoubtedly leaked this thing. I don't know if this guy got, or gal got fired or, or whatever. I assume so, because now the video is being taken down everywhere it can possibly be found, even though I know that there are still recordings of it. Hell, I, I saved the video. But I also think it's probably the moment in this little relationship that Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau have. Uh, it might be a turning point for them in, a, in many different ways. And let me explain. So if you listen to the Shotgun Start podcast, uh, those guys, Brendan and Andy, they did a great job of kind of breaking down the timeline between uh, Brooks and Bryson. And so... I won't repeat what they did, but and I would encourage you to go listen to uh, their Monday episode, the week of, what week is this? The 24th, I think? Uh, the, the week before Memorial Day. 
they they point out that these two guys have had some interactions both publicly and personally that you knew nothing good was going to come out of it and so for, for if by some miracle you haven't seen the video i'll do a, just a quick breakdown of what we saw high level brooks is getting ready to do a quick post round interview with todd lewis of the golf channel he is clearly annoyed probably because he has to do this thing anyway he's not the most uh friendly interviewee he is glaring off to his right mainly with just his eyes he's kind of like leaning his neck over and then he's just kind of looking off screen at what we presume to be bryson now but we didn't in the moment he starts giving some you know just half-baked answer to whatever he was asked about his play and then suddenly we kind of hear like this crunching of metal spikes on crushed shell cart paths uh, over at Kiwa. And Brooks stops. He closes his eyes mid-sentence. Bryson and his, his caddy walk behind in the, in the background, directly behind Brooks. And what I found to be the most, uh, clearly the most entertaining point of this whole video was that this completely threw Brooks off. Like he couldn't continue giving his answer. He ends up stating as, as much to Todd Lewis. He throws in a few expletives and just basically says, I can't, I, I can't with all that BS going on behind me. And, and, you know, it's just, as I said, uh, if you listen to the Twitter space, uh, that I hosted earlier in the week. There were so many opportunities in this moment that Brooks could have done something differently. Because, I mean, he like he didn't lose his mind. You know, he just, he made the choice to, you know, confess. Like, look, I can't do this. Uh, he chose the words that he chose. You know, not harping on him here by any means. I mean, whatever. It's It was a very organic thing. But... I don't think we've ever seen a golfer, you know, during an interview do that. At least I can't remember one. Certainly not within the last five years. And the hatred that came out of not only his his mannerisms, but also the language that he used, you know, wow. I I knew that they weren't the biggest fan of one another, but I didn't know it got to this point. And certainly nobody has, has seen it on a public level like this. And to be fair, it never should have gotten to this level because this was not a video, uh, at least in this cut, that should have been made public. So as you could probably guess, this thing just blows up. I think by the time it had gotten taken down from the original uh, tweet share, some guy named Ryan, who uh, allegedly, according to a story in Golf Digest, was provided this... this, uh, a link to this video uh, that lived in this thing called Media Silo, which is basically like a, a an inner office portal, so to speak. For those of you who work in corporate, you kind of know what I'm talking about. It, basically a private location that the producers of the Golf Channel and the media types would be able to use, and I could only imagine what other videos live in there. Uh, but anyway, this, this uh, Twitter user was provided the link, shared it, by downloading the video first, sharing the raw video, and then it just went, it just spread like wildfire. I mean, that's even putting it lightly. And as I mentioned, I think at the time when it was taken down, it had reached 10 million views. 
Uh, a quick reference and shout out to the guys over at the Shotgun Start one more time. They had actually compared the popularity of this video in terms of engagement to that of Tiger Woods' 2019 Masters victory. You know, the video where he's hugging his son off of the 18th green that was shared by the Masters official Twitter account. Uh, that only got 2 million views. This video of Brooks and Bryson got 8 million in less than 24 hours. And it could have stopped there. You know, we, we usually know that these things tend to burn out, as I mentioned earlier. But then uh, the hours following, so the day after, rather, things just started to get a little bit weird. We then hear the announcement of the match, the next episode or rendition of the match, which will include uh, Phil Mickelson partnering once again with Tom Brady. It'll also include Bryson, who's going to partner with Aaron Rodgers. So all of this just happens, and clearly this was probably something that was planned long ago. And as you would probably guess, or maybe you wouldn't, Brooks chimes in on Twitter by basically tweeting to Aaron Rodgers, sorry, bro. So that actually, if I remember right, was the first response that Brooks had to this video going viral of him. Uh, Bryson tends to uh, speak up now. And, you know, he, he actually did so on Instagram. He, he made a comment on the video. Somebody had made like a meme of uh, uh, another picture photoshopped in with Brooks in a very compromising uh, position, uh, as well as uh, just additional things on Twitter and, and whatever. Point being is that these guys took to social media to start, con you know, not necessarily conversing with one another, but to continue the shot taking. Phil, Phil got involved at one point, again, with the Twitter thread of the match. And so it started to kind of escalate. Tom Brady got involved. He started making little Photoshop memes of a screenshot from the Brooks and Bryson video. And admittedly, in the moment, it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is still going on. You know, I can't believe these guys are still involved in this. And then it's almost like, wait a minute. You kind of have to take a step back. This is all getting to be a little coincidental. So we've, we've come to learn over the course of, well, I don't know how long, uh, a few people started to dig deeper, and, and we learned that both Brooks and Bryson were uh, communicated to directly by the Golf Channel. We don't know what was said. I would imagine that the PGA Tour has stepped in and probably talked to both Brooks and Bryson, or at least their teams. And I'm sure there's a, probably a little bit of PR, you know, internal... You know, I wouldn't say, like, crisis intervention or anything like that. I mean, this isn't that big of a deal. But it's going to be interesting to hear, and maybe we would have already heard it by the time this recording gets released. It's going to be interesting to hear how the tone of these interactions continue, if they do at all. What's interesting about that, though, is the time at which this occurred and I'm not talking about time of day, more so the, the time that we, we are in as a society and as it relates to social media. Shane Ryan, who's been on our podcast a long time ago, he's the author of Slaying the Tiger, a, a in-depth look at life on the PGA Tour. Uh, I want to say it's like five years ago at this point, maybe less. He wrote a very interesting piece for uh, Golf Digest where he still contributes from time to time. 
In it, he argues that this is a moment that could cause additional interactions like this among golfers, at least, and we're just going to keep it to golf. More interactions like this moving forward. And think about it. Not too long ago, at the time of this recording, the PGA Tour announced the Player Impact Program, the PIP, or the PIP. You've probably heard it talked about in golf Twitter circles and certainly on other golf podcasts. The premise of that, for those who don't know, is that at the end of the year, a player, or I think it's the top 10 players, measured by some metric that's still a little unclear, but basically those top 10 players who drive the most engagement, whether it be from their play, their social media presence, I don't even know what else, they're going to get paid considerable amounts of money. Now, to think back to this video and the level of engagement that it received, again, 10 million views before it got taken down, is it so outlandish to think that perhaps some of this, at least now, now that everyone's aware of it, everyone's been talked to, maybe maybe they're planning it a little bit at this point. Now, like what Shane uh, suggests in the conclusion of his piece, he's not a conspiracy-minded person. I'm not either. I like all the fun conspiracy theories, so to speak, you know, aliens, which actually, by the way, they're a thing, and that just kind of got slipped into our everyday life, and nobody cares about it. But anyway, I digress. I don't typically try to find these connections that aren't necessarily there, but I, I don't think this is that big of a stretch. Players are going to continue to do these types of things because they've, been, they've already started doing these, these types of interactions. Maybe not so much just open disdain for each other on video, but certainly the social media interactions back and forth. We would see Phil and Tiger chirping back and forth leading up to the first match. We know that. We, knew, we expected that. It's all playful. It's kind of lame. These guys are, you know, obviously scripted, but if we let these players just, you know, go crazy, let them loose, so to speak, let them, you know, their real selves shine through, I imagine we're going to see a lot more of this type of stuff, especially when we see the level of engagement that something like this video got. Now, I don't even want to begin to go down the rabbit hole of what this could mean for everything like sponsorships, equipment deals, exhibition matches. You know, the, the list goes on and on. I, I don't even know where to begin, let alone end. And I don't think anyone knows. What I do have to question, though, is that if this is how things are going to be, if golf is going to kind of follow the same thread of how the rest of the world is going, it seems, where social media literally defines how people think and act and how businesses sell and how money is exchanged, then I think we're getting to a point where we're thinking and talking about a sport that we don't really know anymore. This isn't the same game that the records were built on. And I'm not trying to go all, you know, old man yelling at cloud right now. I'm just trying to, as a fan of the game, of the game itself, 
both the professional aspect as well as the game at its core. I think situations like this and the reaction to it and the positive reinforcement for it begin to further that divide between those two camps. The PGA Tour, specifically the PGA Tour, because we don't see this on the other tours, that's going to become an animal. If this continues, it's going to become an animal all of its own, completely devoid of traditional golf elements in favor instead of whatever's going to drive the most clicks. And I know we've talked about that clickbait mentality many times. Hell, I mean, to be completely transparent, I have to consider using headlines and search engine optimization that's going to hopefully tempt you, the listener or the reader, to click on it. And if I take a step back and if I think about the personalities in the game, both past and present, and I remember instances where maybe a golfer on the PGA Tour came across a little bit apathetic or not as engaged, perhaps even dismissive of a few things that were happening. I can't help but wonder if that golfer is seeing the same thing, is noticing how the tides are turning. You know, it's it's funny. Rory McIlroy, you know, still clearly when he's on his game, I don't know if there's anyone better in the world. When he's playing at his fullest potential, maybe Dustin Johnson, I don't know. Brooks is in the conversation. But Rory has a tendency to really kind of get down, right? He kind of, he comes across, that, that was the golfer I was thinking of as I was explaining the, you know, like the apathy and all that. He has a tendency to kind of go down that path. And he's also pretty outspoken. He's been very outspoken about, you know, the PGL, the, uh, what is it called, the league coming out of Saudi Arabia. Is it like the Super Golf League or whatever it is? He's been pretty outspoken about that. And he just wants to play golf, and he wants to win majors, and he wants to do it for the historic capabilities or, you know, his opportunity, I guess is the better word. He doesn't care about all this other stuff. He makes plenty of money. He's not out there on social media going and doing all this crazy stuff. You know, maybe that's just his personality. Is he certainly out in the public eye? Yes, he does a few things here and there. I don't think that we're going to get a video from Rory or Dustin Johnson or anyone else like we got from these two guys, Bryson and Brooks. Now, saying that, I also don't know how many videos of Rory could have gotten out. And that raises another point where it's, okay, do we have to change the way that these interviews are you know, conducted now? I'd imagine that probably there's some conversations going on in boardrooms and, and conference rooms across Golf Channel and CBS, NBC, ESPN, all these places. You go on Twitter, you go on Instagram, you go, hell, on TikTok, anywhere, you're probably going to see videos of, you know, an NBA player getting popcorn poured on them, which is kind of like what we saw with Russell Westbrook recently. You're going to see somebody interact with a fan in a either violent manner or just an overall non-flattering way. 
And the list goes on. We're going to continue to see this. You can't get away from it. In fact, we all see it and we all love it, whether we want to admit it to ourselves or not. And I think it's that latter point that is going to really drive whether we see engagement on things like this in the future. No matter what any media outlet, blogger, podcaster, any media type at all, no matter what they put out, it's completely contingent upon whether somebody views it, clicks on it, likes it, shares it. So I don't think there's any cause for alarm just yet. I think we're all going to kind of wait and see how this this PIP program plays out, how you know scenarios like the Bryson and Brooks drama plays out. We're all going to wait. But I, I, I don't think any of us should be surprised if it goes down a path like I described earlier when suddenly we're talking about something that is completely different than the PGA Tour that we once knew. And it has nothing to do with the play on the golf course. Let me know what you guys think. Send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. You can also find me on social media, at golfunfiltered. Keep your eyes open, too. We're going to do more of those uh, Twitter spaces. I think they're cool little hangouts. We've gotten, you know, small groups, just of some loyal uh, followers and listeners, and you can get involved in the conversation. We just have an open conversation, no strings attached, and uh, they're fun. We're going to do more of those. Keep your eyes open for those. In the meantime, I hope you guys are staying safe. I hope you're getting out and playing the best golf you possibly can. We will be back very soon with more interviews as well as other podcast episodes like this. Be sure also, I always forget to to, um, to plug this, go out to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Subscribe to the Big Time Golf Guys podcast. Me and my buddy Bill Bush, we uh, record that once a week. It is very golf equipment focused. We talk about new pieces of equipment uh, and all things equipment, really, every single week. So I would really appreciate if you go out there and uh, give us a little subscribe, maybe even make a comment on it. All right, folks, stay safe out there. We'll talk again soon.